0: This podcast is powered by you. To find out more, go to stdpodcast.com slash support. Hello, everyone, and welcome to STDA a Star Trek Discovery podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS series Star Trek Discovery. Hi, I'm Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the Who Story and himself, Cal Jones. How's it going, Cal?
1: Long live the Empire! I'm happy to be here again. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> hey, uh, you know it's it's a new year, a new chapter, and you know I, I feel like you know all my opinions have like mirrored on each other so yeah i'm happy to be but i'm but regardless of what mirror i'm i'm happy to be here regardless
0: okay okay burnham is troll seem you are not okay well we'll move on (laughs) uh next we have the historian carrie brown how's it going dude oh pretty good man just excited to talk about this
2: episode it was a it was pretty mind-blowing so really pumped
0: yeah, man, you have to look for something positive in light of that negative two d- degree windchill factor you got there.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. It's it's not. It's it you get used to it kind of, sorta. Of,
0: <laughs> kind of. You never get used. But to it. not really. <laughs> <laughs> and last but certainly not least, we
3: have the Trek in John Shorts. John, how's it going, dude? going good man going good just glad to be out of the restaurant business for a couple hours tonight <laughs> just for a couple hours huh? <laughs> just a couple hours i got work to do when we're done here oh i feel you man how's it how's everybody doing having
0: a good week bad good in between what's going on <sighs>
2: Pretty good. I know Saints fans are having a bad week, though. Oh, <laughs> uh, too soon,
3: man. Too soon. Uh, somebody's getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victory snatched from the jaws of defeat. Talk about <laughs>
0: dropping the ball. Oh, man. <sighs> well, guys, uh, what we do here on this podcast is we review each episode of Star Trek sc- Discovery in somewhat some detail in addition to talk- talking all things trick. So guys, uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support us, the best way you can support us is actually subscribing to the podcast feed or our YouTube channel. Either one is great. But if you want to do a little bit more, go to com slash support and see how you can help. So uh, today we are here to talk about season one, episode 11, the wolf inside. Oh man. So, um, just a bit of feedback before we uh, move into the review. Um, we actually got some feedback from our friend Matthew, who sent some feedback in before. And uh, yeah, some pretty good stuff talking about the episode Despite Yourself, our last review. And I will play a bit of it right here.
4: Hi, guys. It's Matthew. I just want to send in some feedback uh, for the latest episode of uh, the STD podcast. Uh, you know, before we started, chapter two of season one on Sunday, I went back and, uh, and rewatched, uh, the first nine episodes and, uh, really I've been struck by, uh, how well it holds up again, uh, you know, under, you know, another, uh, viewing it, uh, they, they really do a good job in, in my opinion of really developing these characters and, and this tragedy that they're building up between uh between Burnham and Tyler I think is just really interesting and I really enjoyed how uh how this 10th episode brings it up another uh another notch um a few things I want to say about uh, your comments on this episode uh you know first off I'm very much on board team Tilly. I love Tilly. I think she's one of the best characters on the show. And so Kyle, uh, there's plenty of room on board the bandwagon for you. Just jump on board. Uh, it's not just uh, Tilly in the mirror universe. She's she's awesome in every universe. Um, and the other thing I did want to say too about, uh, about your comments, I think it was Carrie that was talking a little bit about the uh, the uh, salute that the Terran Empire has in, uh, in the mirror universe. Um, I think it's, I think it's very appropriate and it's not just, uh, you know, yes, that was the salute that was used in uh, the original series episode mirror mirror that, uh, that brought in the mirror universe, that first established the mirror universe. Um, you know, uh, I don't think it's a case. It, it kind of, and I may have misunderstood, but it kind of sounded like you guys might have been suggesting that, well, it was, you know, that was the 60s, and so, you know, they're just doing it because they did it in the 60s, and maybe we shouldn't do it today. I think it's very appropriate, especially for today. And, and it's not a case of, you know, we're more enlightened now, and so we think maybe we shouldn't do that. Um, remember, the, the people who produced, and even some of the people who starred in the original Star Trek, Fought in World War II. Uh, Gene Roddenberry uh, was a, uh, a pilot in World War II. Uh, James Doohan, who played Scotty, uh, he was on the beach at Normandy on D Day. Uh, and in fact, if you watch the original series closely, you'll notice it's, I think it's his right hand, but there's one hand that he never lets the camera see well because uh, his middle finger on that hand was shot off on, uh, on the beaches of Normandy. So these guys, uh, fought in World War Two, they knew what Nazi uh, Germany meant, and so when they did things like show the Terran Empire have this, you know, sort of uh, Nazi esque salute, uh, you know, it wasn't something that they took lightly they and the audience who watched the time, it was very fresh in their minds what all that meant. So when they did that, they were deliberately saying, this is the type of people who live in the Terran Empire. This is the type of people we're dealing with in the mirror universe. And so it's a message to the audience, a, a very clear message to the audience, just how evil the empire was. And so, and I think that resonates again today, uh, you know, now we may think of, you know, uh, neo-Nazis and white supremacist movements who who have adopted that sort of uh, iconography. and uh, And I think we should, when we see that, I think the producer's intent is for us to be shocked by that, to be disturbed by that, and to think about that, because... You know, that's who these people are in this other universe. You know, as they said very clearly, the Terran Empire, you know, are very uh, xenophobic, you know, uh, and so that's that's a part of the package. I think it's important for art to be able to deal with these things when they're telling us, you know, these people are bad. You see the same thing, too, in Doctor Who. If you rewatch the first, uh, the first Dalek story, uh, first couple Dalek stories, especially, you know, that was... Kind of in that same time period, slightly before the original series, where you had people involved in doing the show who were uh, who fought in World War II and an audience who very much remembered World War II. So you see the Daleks doing that salute because the Daleks are meant to stand in for the Nazis. It's all very deliberate, uh, you know, to to tell uh, you know the audience what we're dealing with. And I think as you kind of get away from that, as much as I love Deep Space Nine um though when you get into those mirror universe episodes and they kind of get away from some of that imagery it becomes a little bit more cartoony you know uh, whereas uh, you know we really need to appreciate how evil and twisted the mirror universe is um also another uh, quick uh uh addendum uh, when y'all were talking about the agony booths, those go back to mirror mirror. Uh, I think y'all mentioned the, uh, the agonizer that, uh, that, uh, the mirror Spock uses on the mirror Kyle there, you know, it's a little device he puts on his chest, but there actually was an agony booth. Like we see Lorca get put into when, uh, when the mirror checkoff attempts to assassinate Kirk and his assassination plot fails, they stick him in the agony booth. And so that's all callbacks to, uh, To the original series, I love how they called back to uh, Enterprise's uh, Mirror Universe two-parter. That was uh, some of the best episodes of Enterprise that they did, Um, uh, and I really am interested in seeing how how far they uh, progress things in the storyline. I like how they've developed uh, the Ash uh, Tyler Vok thing um i'm interested in seeing what laurel's plan really is as we find out more about that uh, even as whatever she's got planned is falling apart on her Um, this i think was the best episode of discovery yet can't wait to get through the last uh uh, five episodes and see how it all hangs together and uh appreciate you guys and i enjoy the podcast thanks
0: so, yeah, that was Matt giving a little bit of feedback. Awesome stuff. I really love how he talked about how he loved the the, the mirror universe direction we've gone in. And I've actually went back and watched the Tholian Web and I watched this, those two Enterprise episodes uh, in a mirror, darkly one and two. And those are a good watch to watch them all together. I really enjoyed it. And it added another layer to, uh, kind of this whole defiant thing that we're looking for, trying to find schematics for, uh, which is really, really cool. Have, have you guys watched any of these episodes? I know, I think John has at least.
3: Well, mm, other than the enterprise episode, I have not seen uh, any others all the way through. So same here.
2: I have not seen any of them, but that's probably not surprising.
3: <laughs> yeah. The
0: cool thing about the Tholian web episode is the enterprise crew. Uh, this is TOS era. They go on the Defiant to investigate and everybody's pretty much killed themselves, uh, killed each other. And like the position some of the people are laying in in that episode is the exact same position they're laying in when they redo it all these years later on, uh, enterprise which I thought was just really cool. So a lot of cool tie-ins. And um uh, yeah, it was cool to see uh, an Enterprise-esque ship be freaking awesome in Enterprise. So I, I really enjoyed that. And I would suggest anybody who are watching these episodes uh, episodes of Discovery to check out uh in sequence the Tholian Web from TOS and uh, In a Mirror Darkly 1 and 2 from Enterprise. Also, we got some feedback, once again, from Eric heatherington from canada and uh he basically just wrote in to say uh he is freaking loving the mirror universe as well and uh he got a, a special tear came in his eye when he saw uh Sarek with the with the goatee which uh of course that's a throwback to um spock with the goatee in the mirror universe which is really really cool so uh guys, are we ready to jump into the review? Anybody have any Star Trek news or otherwise they want to bring up before we jump into the review? Mm,
3: nothing stands out yet.
0: Same here. Cool. Let's cool. do it. So guys, we are here to review uh The Wolf Inside in which Burnham undergoes a, merc- undergoes a merciless mission in hopes of helping the USS Discovery or IIS Discovery, in this case, return home while Tilly works on restoring damage to his former self. Um, So, guys, can we get just the overall uh, thousand foot view of this episode? Did we like it?
1: Quick, non-spoilery takeaways. Best episode of the series so far. (laughs) Most unexpected uh, episode of the series so far. Oh, that's interesting.
3: I have to concur with both of you guys. It it was very unexpected, but it was also, as as Carrie said, the best so far.
0: Hmm. It's funny because it seems like every episode for the last three or four <laughs> we've been saying this is
3: the best episode so far,
0: and to me it kind of goes to the fact that you know so many people gave up on the show early on. Oh, it's not my daddy Star Trek, blah blah blah, but. I think what they managed to do t- was it set up so many mysteries and the payoff has been awesome. And, and, and that's even us predicting what we think might happen, you know? So if you can predict and still enjoy how they unfold the mystery, I think that makes for uh, an excellent series.
3: But, uh, so I, I got a question yeah. for you guys. What you got? Let, let's. I'm just throwing this out there. I was wondering today. You know, now if we go back and watch DS9 or Enterprise or TNG, you know, that feeling we get from watching that again, you know, it's always different once you rewatch it. You think we'll get the same feeling when we go back and watch uh, Discovery? Do you think that'd still give us the same feeling, or would it be like maybe watching an old movie again?
1: Interesting. Interesting. Very interesting. interesting
0: because this series I mean we've talked about it before this series kind of strays away from that hopeful you know that kind of twins you get after a good you know uh, voyager ds9 episode so taking that into account I will say it is it has to feel different when you go back because these stories are all connected so I I don't know I don't know that's really interesting
3: like, I, I I, mean, I still agree with the fact that this is not the same Star Trek that we're used to, but I don't want that to take away from how well this show is being directed and produced and written. I mean, I love the show. It is an awesome show. I mean, but it's still not the same Star Trek. But I was wondering, like, maybe is it do we feel that way because it's our first run through it? Huh. Would we feel differently after we? Watch it again.
0: Oh, man.
3: (laughs) again. Possibly. Yeah. But, like, if I may interject, like, the
2: thing you have to, like, think about with this series is, I mean, it's kind of a, like, in some ways, it's a Star Trek palate cleanser. (laughs) Because it's so so different than the other ones, and you have the season-long narrative, right? So a lot of people were so impatient with the show because they're used to, like, instant build-up, instant payoff, like, every episode. Whereas with this, it took uh, took a while for them to build the world out and establish the characters. And now we're starting to get some of the payoff. And it's huge, you know, like and that's one of the things that I really, really like about the show.
1: See, the thing that gets me about this is, you know, and I know I sound like a broken record every time we talk, but (laughs) I can't get over the fact that I'm excited and looking forward to seeing a Star Trek because I have not been well, actually, I'll take that back. I've not ever been excited to see Star Trek because I couldn't see Voyager because it wasn't on where we lived. And, you know, so I had to wait years before I actually saw what happened in Voyager. So I can't say that I've ever been excited, but I'm, I'm actually like looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next. So I don't know if that's really an answer to the question or, or what, but I, I just, find that very interesting that I keep every single week looking m- more and more forward to seeing this show
0: yeah, and I have to totally agree with John on the fact that you know you you don't carry as well, you don't get that sense of whimsy after each episode, uh at least early on you didn't, but we're getting payoffs now it was It was the long game in a lot of senses, and uh, you know I just feel a lot of people that gave up. That said, you know, this is not what I'm looking for. Are really, really missing out on some stories that are really coming around to, to a awesome conclusion. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So guys, um, from this point forth, um, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> we are going to be getting into, uh, the Wolf inside spoilers.
2: Spoilers. Right alert. All hands stand to battle stations.
3: I'll give you the right. You
0: cannot destroy an undead At ease before you sprain something. So, guys, uh, we start off the episode with uh, Three-Eyed Raven Stamets uh, holding Colbert. <laughs> 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 what is going on here? Um. I- I just don't know. Because uh, wasn't Cole, uh, Stavitz in a, a stasis field or something at that point?
3: Like, how did he even get out? I don't really know. And my question is, where did all the electrical problems come from? <laughs> in a problem? <laughs> that was totally unassociated. I'm like,
0: where are we? Are we even on Discovery? <laughs> <laughs> Who is yeah. this character walking in the dark?
2: Yeah, that was a bit confusing. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I was kind of confused, too, because I mean, here, here here was what I didn't understand. We've already done the spoiler, but here's what I didn't understand. Who found and maybe I just looked away for 10 seconds or something. But who found the doctor that was dead? And did somebody find him? And I know I think that's what you guys are referring to. But is that did did that happen? Well, well he- somehow,
3: uh, uh, Stamets had got out of his force field <laughs> and dragged the dead doctor down some hallway in a dark corner and speaking crazy out of his mind. And whoever was repairing the apparent electrical problems that we don't know how got there found him and I guess reported it to Ceru. But well, I mean, the forest. That, yeah, the forest. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh!
0: Oh, and oh man, let's let's just kind of stay on the damage part and get that out the way because it wasn't a whole it wasn't a whole lot of the episode, but but so we kind of see this part where they find them and Tilly is like, oh, let's let's do this stuff that's not doctor related. But since I know about spores, I can fix them, (laughs) which is real. Isn't Tilly just a cadet? But she seems like she should be like an instant or something at this point. Cause she knows a lot. And I know we had characters before, like Wesley and even Nog that did a lot as cadets, but still she seems like
1: a seasoned officer. Okay. So here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking forward to when they, when slash if they get back to the other side of the mirror, so to speak, I'm curious to see how transformed Tilly Goes back? or they attempt to go back to making her pre Tilly. She's gonna die in the mirror universe. <laughs> I my, oh my god! I can't believe I said wow, that. Wow,
3: bold statements there. <laughs> bold statements. Okay, that was. I have no. I mean, no basis <laughs> on that. I, it wasn't a prediction. It was more of a stabbing cow.
1: <laughs> Yeah, but did you hear what I just said? And I, and I didn't even realize what I said. Because when you said uh, that they would that they would kill Tilly in the mirror universe without even thinking, I said, oh, I hope not. <laughs>
0: oh. oh, wow. Time's changed.
1: Uh, Kyle's getting all cuddly for Tilly now.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: But but we see where they Saru and I guess the rest of the crew and Tilly come to this conclusion. Oh, it must have been Stamets that killed Culver. Oh, no. Really? Well,
2: I mean, they were the only two there, and they weren't. I don't think they knew that um, that Ash was getting examined. So, I mean, it's it's plausible. It pl- plus, he's off his freaking rocker. Like it
0: wasn't a stretch for me. I no, know. It wasn't at all. Maybe see who came into the sick bay uh, a few minutes ago, or maybe who got scanned in the last hour. <laughs> maybe. maybe the
2: electric, maybe the electrical <laughs> problems explains why they, they didn't oh. look up the footage.
0: <laughs>
3: hey or, remember last podcast we discussed that uh you know they probably turned those cameras off on purpose. <laughs> oh yeah, forget about that. But the <laughs> scans, the scans
0: <laughs> there should be scans stuff in there. I don't and yeah, I guess that could justify how the force field went down because of the these crazy electrical problems that came out of nowhere.
2: Yeah. I mean, all, all arrows point to him at this point. Cause like at this point, nobody knows Ash is a Klingon. Like none of that's known. So it's, you know, it seems like the logical conclusion to come to.
0: Yeah. And we see where Tilly does this spore procedure. She's not a doctor, uh, to try to, uh, rejigger. Uh, I guess that's the word I'll use.
1: Uh, Stabbit's brain. <laughs> Do we think this is a good idea? <laughs> yeah, but I think she almost succeeded, didn't she? Yeah. I think maybe. Yeah, I, I was I thinking know. if if he would have if 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 if, if Fish Boy hadn't have been quite so uh, you know scared of something, if he would have just waited like five more seconds, maybe. Fish Boy,
0: uh, wow! <laughs> <laughs> this is already
1: I, a marginalized race, and you call him Fish Boy. <laughs> Well, it, I mean, I couldn't think of something else. I was seeing like like jellyfish or something in the ocean with the things on his head. Oh my! Four
3: hundred years that word has kept us down. <laughs> Jeremy pointed Jeremy pointed something out. Doesn't Saru look a lot like that uh, guy on Hellboy? It, the same actor played him. That's why. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I, I'm
0: pretty sure it's the same actor played him. Uh, Doug Jones. Yeah, I think it is. That's wow. Yeah. Is he really like tall like that? In yeah, I think he's like six five. Or something. Oh wow! Yeah. So we get this whole thing till he tries to revive him. He winds up dying, quote unquote, dying. Uh, and then he just comes back to life, and he's in spore garden with his other cell. Now <laughs> <Which>, uh, <laughs> I think I think this goes into part where John hates is unexplained science. And, and I, I I feel your pain on that one.
3: <laughs> you know, I'll I had you. a small criticism of that. Anytime they've used the spores uh, with stamets, it's always been through the little injection tubules on his arm. Why weren't we? I mean, what was the point of the spores? They they were just flying around him. I don't. That's what I missed. Like I didn't know how it was supposed to help. Because I thought he had to be injected with the spores.
0: Well, we know being in the chamber with the spores will do something because we get the first scene where Burnham steps in the chamber and they release the spores in there and she's transported to see other worlds for a bit. So it's obviously they could do something if they're just there. I would think anyway. But but yeah, you're totally right. They didn't use the, the tubes or whatever in his arms that time. I guess it may be only for jumping. Maybe. I don't know. Mm.
2: Well, I think normally it's because... They the they need the he he needs to internalize the sport network, but according to Tilly, his brain has already internalized the sport network. Like he doesn't really need him for that anymore. Uh, that makes sense. Interesting. I think she made a remark like she like we need to. He's lost in the sport network. We need to get the sport network down or something like that. So,
3: yay, smart Tilly. <laughs> That's Jessica, smart Tilly,
0: Jessica Dett Um, and I guess it's, I guess that's it for that storyline. We can get into the meat and potatoes now of the episode. (laughs) Oh man. So we see a restless Burnham at the beginning of the episode. And lo and behold, she's talking about how she hates being bad, basically, and how it's weighing her down. And we see slave Saru or a fish face Saru have a (laughs) cowboy. Fish boy.
2: fish boy, fish face, get my coffee. <laughs>
0: Give me a bath. <laughs> <laughs> a, a really weird scene, but I I wasn't hating on it. I enjoyed it, but a really weird scene. <laughs>
2: the, the thing that weirded me out most about this is because like I was just waiting for like him to like snap her neck or something because this is like mirror universe. So I was thinking maybe Ceruse race was aggressive or something, but no, they're the saying. <laughs> You know mm. I mean? maybe
3: even more so so can we talk about uh Burnham and her like get out of bed yeah oh man yeah I'm not hating on that one bit like hey, I, knew, I knew that she was nice looking but wow
0: <laughs> and John is spitting for the rest of the episode <laughs>
1: <laughs> I thought you were waiting on them to talk about they showed uh the 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 scene uh with uh L'Rale again.
3: Oh, oh. oh. yeah.
1: yeah. Mm.
2: Uh. Too hot for Klingon TV. You don't even get a
0: name, Fish Boy. <laughs> 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 oh,
3: <God.
0: laughs> it was, I mean,
2: like, seriously, though, it was a little like sad to see Saru as a servant slave yeah. thing. It like really, really made me sad seeing him like that, because I'm like, dang, man, he's already like, you know, walking around fearful in their other universe. And now he's like just a servant. And it just I don't know. It, just, it just made me sad.
0: Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. He has it bad when he has actual power as the first officer. He still has it bad, he's always in this sad state. But man, they just took him to rock bottom. I was like, Wow. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Mm.
2: I really like the way that him and him and Burnham interacted though, even you know, though she was not from the universe or whatever, she still was able to maybe like establish a rapport with him because he ended up helping her. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. Uh, and of course, kind of the setup, I guess, for the Tyler scene at the end. We see where, um, you know, is when burn them down and they execute these three mutineers or whatever. Uh, which have we ever seen a space execution like that before in Star Trek? I
2: uh, think they, it's hmm. happened once. Didn't it happen before on this show? Mm-hmm.
3: Yes, it's happened Maybe, before yeah. on this show. It's happened on a couple of other Star Trek episodes, but what makes it different is on this show they actually show the aftermath of it or them out in space. You know, in any other Star Trek series has always been, you know, I hey, we be in Demented Space I don't remember it happening before. <laughs> uh was it was it a, ter- it was, a, a mirror universe thing because No. DS9 it was I don't know if it was the Cardassians or was it the uh, uh Dominion like being some of their crew into space or something for disobedience. I have to look it up.
1: And, I, can, and I know they did that several times to different characters on, you know, I mean this is a different show, but uh, you know, on the rebooted Battlestar Galactica, I can remember, you know, some people getting sucked out into space.
0: Yeah, kinda hmm. of, kind of reminds me of that one great Black Mirror Mar- episode.
2: Oh, oh, I thought you were gonna say it reminded <laughs> you of Mary Poppins Star Wars.
0: <laughs> oh, too soon, no. man. No, no Star Wars spoilers here. Wow. I believe I can fly. No, that I- doesn't
2: tell you anything. That's
0: not a spoiler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is it? Okay. Uh, no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Mary Poppins. Uh, so, so, um, we see where Ash Tyler tells Burnham she's his tether and without her... <laughs>
2: yeah she was his tether
0: (laughs) (laughs) that that tether got cut (laughs) (laughs) do we think Tyler knows at this point I mean he's still sleeping with her I guess and all lovey dovey do we think he knows well he told her like at
2: the end he told her that he he was seeing Vok in his dreams and, you know, he knew that there was more to the story. Plus, you have to realize that the doctor already told him that, you know, he's not human, basically. So I feel like he kind of knows already.
3: Yeah, I think I'm the same way. I think he knew he just needed a
1: confirmation to which I guess he got here at the end. But I go back to thinking that the Ash Tyler personality went away briefly when confronted with the maybe adrenaline rush of being confronted last episode by the doctor. And then, you know, you, you had his true personality come out. I really don't think when he came back on the bridge, I don't think he knew what he had done. So therefore when he was with her, yes, he may be seeing the images in his head, but I don't think it is until later in the episode when that, other personality because of what happens later, uh, totally asserts itself. Yeah, that makes sense.
3: So at this point, do we call it another personality or? Yeah, see,
0: I think they're going to play on that in the upcoming episodes. Um, Is Ash Tyler still there? I think that's going to be something they play on. Uh, I don't know. I think he knew. I really think he knew. It's plausible that he didn't. But
1: come on. Come on. Yeah. Man. I think he knew. Uh, I think the answer there comes into who, I mean, if they are going to keep the Ash Tyler character around or if he was just a plot device.
2: Well, I mean, as far as as far as I'm concerned, like they're they're one and the same, really. Um, I don't see it being split personality anymore. I just feel like he got his memory back, and now he can't. He he can't. It's like impossible for him to go back to being Ass Tyler. Like externally and internally, he knows who he is now. It's not just like a, 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 a dormant personality, you know. Like he kind of came to the conclusion himself, and seeing vog just confirmed it, you know. So,
0: yeah, yeah. But before we get to that, uh, to Harlock, or let, let's let's talk a little bit about. This whole Burnham doesn't have access to the computer to decipher the data, and she can't actually push it over to Discovery. Now, I have, that makes sense. I, I don't know, man. I took it. I, that's a huge plot hole to me. Okay. Point being, you're telling me they have the bandwidth to transport to to have actual hollow transmission conversation on a private channel. But they can't transfer over data. I, I I don't get that. I think they can. I, I just don't sh- think th- she does. I think she should be able to. But to me, that's just a plot hole. They can have this hollow conversation, you know, real life image projected from another ship in front of them on a private channel, but they can't <laughs> actually send the data across the channel. I, I I don't know. Just a pet peeve of mine. Just kind of got on my nerves, but. Maybe they, maybe they have, maybe they have VLANs and
2: QoS enabled, so. The voice traffic is unencrypted, but the data... Tra- well, the voice traffic isn't monitored, but the data traffic is.
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I mean,
3: seriously. <laughs> but wouldn't no, but- you have to have data traffic to actually get a visual
1: on a holographic <laughs> transmission? Hey, this is not Verizon. <laughs> okay, look. I I I, I mean, c- carries on to something, because I don't care if it's data, voice, or photon traffic. It, the, you're, you're living in a universe that is so paranoid that you don't even trust your first officer so that just leaves me to think that everything you do is examined and re-examined and cross-examined and then re-examined again because everybody's constantly looking for a way to one-up and get rid of the person in front of them so obviously if she sends some data some little person or some great person or whatever is going to be Like, oh, 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 you know, what can we get on her? You know, that that
3: was what I'm thinking. Well, and this is what brings me to my problem. Where did I miss the communication between Burnham and Discovery that saying I was going to beam this guy into space? It wasn't on screen.
2: Yeah, I just assumed that it was a conversation that was off screen because, I mean, we don't know how much time passed between them returning or between Saru, you know, helping her and... The execution. So, yeah.
3: yes, we do. They walk. They like she walked <laughs> out of the ready room with her first officer. They turned right, and she said, "I'm okay." And they headed down the hall to the transporter. Well, wow, you're absolutely right. <laughs> and where did she get the chip from? Like, where did this plan come into motion?
0: John, John, Ima say, don't think about it too hard. Says the person who just complained about something else. <laughs> In any case, I thought it was awesome. But yeah, you're totally right. She went straight to the transporter room. Take him to the transporter room for the execution. Y- yes, yes. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't
2: know. Maybe she. I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to rewatch that again and pay closer attention to exactly what's happening because maybe she
0: sent it before that- she joined them.
3: I'm but sorry, then man, how was she? How was she have known about Ash Tyler?
0: Hmm. Yeah, <sighs> Well, let's let's table that for a minute. Let's table that for a minute. We're a little confused. Let's talk about Harlock a minute or Harlock, whatever you say it. What do we think about the whole Burnham, um, sarek interaction? That was awesome. Was it any surprise that he trust her?
2: Not really. He could, no. see her, he could see her memories. Like, that's pretty cut and dry to me.
3: But could he not see that she was from? Well, I guess he did say she's from a different world. Yeah, he did. But, you know, I kind of expected them to be
0: lovey-dovey. Uh, we see where the Fire Wolf or, yeah, Fire Wolf is the Klingon leader, Vok, which I think is pretty cool to have him over here still in a leadership position. I thought that was pretty awesome. But lo and behold, man, Tyler and Vok go at it because Vok is apparently not holding true to values of Kalish. And the Klingon Empire, (laughs) (laughs) and and
3: Tyler does not like it. So was it that he didn't like it, or was it did he when he as saying the light of Kalis was that
1: like the activation works? I'm with. I think I got to go with Jonathan on that.
0: Hmm.
1: But that being said, why would he
0: fight him though? Why would he fight? I thought it was that he wasn't. I kind of felt personally that he wasn't holding true with the pure initiative yeah. of the Klingon Empire by working with these other races.
2: Yeah, I thought it was because he was an infidel as
3: well. <laughs> well yeah, th- I mean, that well, that is true. But I mean, did did he was it something that Firewolf said that brought this other personality out of Ash? No, no. I think the Kalish uh,
0: helped that come out, but I think the part of him coming to fight him was that
1: he wasn't holding true to the Klingon
0: values. So I think okay, it was so I'm, both.
1: All right. So I'm, I'm getting way too philosophical or metaphysical or whatever the the right word here is. But I saw it more as this was one personality <laughs> fighting the other. And, oh, I mean, okay. because he's, he's, he's confronted He being the Ash character is confronted with this being that he's been seeing in his head and the fight more so is him trying to keep, you know, stay in control. If indeed Ash Tyler is a real personality. I like where you're going with that, which which I think is awesome
0: because on many other shows when you see this person in struggle with themselves, it's often played out in their mind or in a dream or something. But in this case, we're in the mirror universe, and there is there is Vok, an unaltered Vok, and they actually go at it, which I thought was awesome. Even though Tyler totally gets owned,
1: um, but yeah, just just really cool stuff, man. Really cool stuff. What about if in this universe you had an Earth person, Ash Tyler, who gets turned into Vok? <laughs> too much.
0: Too much. I guess it could happen.
3: Timing-wimey.
0: Because hasn't has hasn't uh, Cisco been turned into a Klingon before? Am I has wrong?
3: I, I think. I, am I wrong with that, John? I'm pretty I, sure. I'm, I'm pretty the sure. only thing I remember is when the doctor made him a Klingon so they could go. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah.
0: Surgically altered to become yeah. going to infiltrate, blah, blah, blah. I, you know.
3: Which all he did was he gave him 4 ridges and <laughs> <in his head. laughs> Simpler times, man. Simpler times. It involved sex and in surgery. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. So, do we want to talk
0: about the the, I guess, the main... Uh, most excited five minutes of discovery we've had so far. The whole <laughs> Tyler standoff.
2: Oh my god. Like, the horror on her face, like, yes. Oh my god, I, I'm going to Klingon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's what she was worried about? <laughs> I didn't even recognize it. What I feel so dirty. <laughs> How can I not know?
0: <laughs> yeah, but at that point, it seems like they're both really torn. And, you know, the more Tyler talked, it seemed like he kept talking himself into, F this, I'm a freaking Klingon.
3: Yeah.
2: When he remembered I her. I think what sealed it was him remembering her shooting. Um, What's his name? What was it? T- Th- what? Takuma? Th- yeah, seeing her shoot Takuma in his memory, I think that pretty much sealed it for him. He was like, you killed my master, so you have to die.
1: Yeah, but didn't she also, like, punch him in the eye?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's how she knew it was he was a Klingon. Because he was like, was, that, that wasn't in my report. How did you know that? Yeah, it was
2: really, really interesting. And it's like she, she finally found somebody to connect with because she was, like, so Vulcan-esque when she first came back and like she, it was hard for her to connect to people. She finally found somebody to connect with and they're not even human and they weren't who she thought they were. And it just like, just seeing that emotional anguish on her face, it was like really, really, really intense.
0: So, so John trick story. I have a question for you by the time TOS rolls around, are the Klingons and the Federation in treaty or no, I cannot remember right now.
3: Yeah, they are because if you remember on the on the DS nine version of the tribbles trials and tribulations, and even on the uh, uh, yeah you're when right, you go back to the original series, you see clean which look like furry humans <laughs> are actually in the bar. So yeah, so do we think that this they may keep
0: Tyler around, you know, and this might be what sparks the treaty between the Klingons and the Federation.
3: It's going to be their love child that sparks it. <laughs> is, I told oh, you to oh put the
1: girl's heart, man. Between, between him and L'Reo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was actually pretty good. That was really good. <laughs> Who did that? That was, that was me.
2: Uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> oh man, like, and I know Jonathan was talking about this earlier about how, like, it's impossible, it was impossible for her to communicate with them, but actually, like, I'll just rewatch that scene, her first officer leaves her alone with Saru, and then they, the scene goes into, um, uh, Stamets, like, finding himself, and then it flips back and they're walking together, so there, there's a gap there somewhere for her
0: to communicate with the Discovery. Mm. And talk about Fish Boy to the rescue, <laughs> man! He he tossed uh, Tyler like a rag
2: doll. This is the second time I've been af- afraid of surreal in the series, because like, <laughs> it's like you're you're probably the strongest person on the whole ship, and you're scared, right? Like when he turned aggressive on the episode. I, was it wasn't it the last episode of well It wasn't the last one, but one of the last episodes of the previous half of the series. When he turned aggressive, wanting to protect his peace of mind or whatever, like he was, he was like Scary. terrifying. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean, regardless of our possible plot holes in the last, uh, the execution staging thing they did with Tyler, I thought it was really cool. I mean, I didn't anticipate her sliding that data chip into his pocket when she went to punch him. So I thought that was really cool. And I'm not even sure I believe. Well, I'm not sure if her intentions were. uh, I don't know how to say this. She did a good job acting on that because I thought she really wanted to kill him because she was so pissed (laughs) off. And they had a plan. Yeah. But
2: rewatch the scene again. There's a there's a gap where she has an opportunity to contact the other ship. Hmm. Rewatch it.
3: And then, of course, go ahead, John. if she could contact other shit, why not just transfer the data? <laughs> <laughs> we established. We established. the they? They even said it in the show. Like, like
2: that's. It's that wasn't really hard for me to believe because, like I said, on my computer network at my job, we can separate voice and data traffic, and depending on what it is, we route it a certain way, or we can like give priority to the voice traffic and not data traffic. So. With all the scientific te- technology that they have, it's to me it's not a stretch that they were able to like differentiate between video communication and data communication. It could be could be completely separate networks or protocols or whatever. Like there's all these other different things that popped in my head that just I didn't really think too much about it.
0: But see the mm. they encrypted and piggybacked off the voice channel, they can pass it through without being detected.
3: She's not a computer hacker. <laughs> Hey, she can make a LCD screen read data cubes. <laughs> oh, I tossed
2: you that softball. Oh man!
0: <laughs> and then we get a really, a really good moment in the show, which they talk about Starfleet values. Um, and I, I really, really love that moment when Saru is kind of like, "Nope, we're not gonna kill you." And plus, I need the data. <laughs> <laughs> I like birds, <laughs> but I also yes. think making him stay on the ship and stand trial or whatever is going to turn bad for him. I kind of think that having him and laurel in the same feet, feet apart in the same brig, it might not be a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are they going to do? Co- cohabitate. <laughs> 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 hey, if he could break locks on on the Terran on uh the the Shinzu, I'm pretty sure he can get out of uh the brig. Yeah, because he was the security chief, so he
3: knows all the ins and outs. I'm
0: just saying, and plus, whenever a Starfleet officer is in a brig, they find a way to get out somehow. On every Star Trek show I've ever seen, so
3: yeah, yep. I mean,
2: I just I don't just I don't know what their play is because it's like to infiltrate
0: like the ship and learn their secrets.
2: But what I'm saying is they're in, they're in another universe. I mean, what is what is them taking over the Discovery going to accomplish? It's going to accomplish absolutely nothing because they don't know how to get back home. They can't go talk. Hey, Turians,
0: um, we two Klingons, yeah, huh? you know, they don't have a shot. Okay, I got a <laughs> theory. I got a theory. What if they somehow get the Tenkuva that's still alive, possibly, in the mirror universe and bring them back? Yeah, redemption.
2: Hmm. I seriously doubt Taku was still alive. Because <laughs> there was there was a battle of binary stars in this universe too. Yeah,
0: yeah. In which Burnham slaughtered all the um, other races. I guess she was still the the person who everybody hates.
1: That's cool. kind of sad that you know, no matter where you are in a universe or which universe you're in, people don't like you. Yeah, <laughs> everybody can't be Tilly, Cal. <laughs> hey, I have no problem with Tilly. Okay, I'm just saying. We're, you know, just just don't believe <laughs> the other episodes happened. They didn't happen. That 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 that's not true. I like Tilly. So but, we're going back to those. Just know. <laughs> uh, you just had to let her her down.
0: Mirror episode So I guess we get this in moment where we see the emperor, the faceless emperor. <laughs> Not so faceless is she.
2: Playback play back the last episode. I said it would be it would be crazy if she Giorgio was the emperor.
0: Oh, and she looks freaking bad, eh, hey, man. Oh my gosh, this ward.
2: What? <laughs> yeah, Crouching awesome. tiger hidden Turian.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah.
3: Just that was I'm- good to see her back again.
0: Again, stuff that people predicted, but still when we see it, is freaking awesome. Freaking awesome. Yes. Ryan Justin can learn a thing or two. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, this, did you guys notice the uh, awkward grin Lorca had when Giorgio came up on the screen as the Emperor? Uh, I thought it was just
0: Lorca being Lorca, Lorca, but how how did you read into that?
3: I, it's, it's just something there. Like, he had this little grin, like when she. When Burnham finally sees the Emperor, she comes up on the view screen, he looks up at the screen and then he has like this sideways grin like, (laughs) now you're going to see, or this is what I was waiting for, or something like that. I don't know. Like he knows, like he knew that was who it was.
0: I definitely think we're going to learn more when it comes to Lorca. We got to know what he's hiding, and I, I do think he is hiding
1: something, so... So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Very. I didn't see it that he was looking forward or whatever. I almost saw saw it as maybe a little bit of dread as in, uh, okay, she, just because of her emotional ties, she might not be as under my thumb subservient and has, you know, this other person that she may, you know, be inclined to want to please because of the guilt she has. Good point. I don't
3: know if you go back. Like I paused it and rewound it. It, it definitely was a grin. I don't know why, <laughs> but he he was excited or happy or
1: to see something. I'll take I'll, I'll take your word because because you're you're the you're the Star Trek. So cool deal. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, I guess we're wrapping this thing up. Any other takeaways before we end our review of The Wolf Inside? Who is The Wolf Inside? I guess it's obvious, huh? Ash.
3: (laughs) Definitely Uh, Ash. So what did y'all think about the uh, Andorian look and all that? Do you think they kept up with the same? I thought Andorians look a lot more aggressive on here than we've seen on on Enterprise. I I like that because
0: basically on Enterprise and TOS, they're basically... Regular people paint, painted painted blue with antennas, with right. <laughs> <was> white hair. <laughs> so I really like how they made them a little more ridgy in the face. And then we had the uh, Tellarites in there also, and the Tellarites look pretty similar as well. But they, you know, they made made them a little more pronounced, which I thought was cool.
3: So yeah, I, I love the look. Hmm. I, I just I was curious out when they said Endorians, I was expecting to see what we've seen on Enterprise, and then I seen that, I was like, huh, I don't know. If maybe this was like what Endorians become looking later or yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. anyways a little something small what else was curious all
0: right guys well we're wrapping things up so um we'll go around the horn uh Kyle jones anything you want to plug or are working on
1: well let's see you and i are working on discussing who we are now weekly and we are starting with the two Two thousand and five series of Doctor Who. We started that last week and we're also working on in uh launching, excuse me, uh discussing comics, which should be out hopefully by the end of this week with three episodes. So um yeah, I've kind of been busy as of late. Cool beans. So i uh, Carrie, same thing.
0: Anything you want to plug or are working on?
2: Um not really. At the moment, I'm just going to, I got some stuff in the pipe for Techpedition and I want to do another Grits Gaming Night. So stay tuned for that. I'm going to have some, i probably send out an email Um, and anybody listening, if you game, PC game, you want to join us, Um, shoot us a email. Is that how, they, do you have an email address for,
0: for STD or is it just? Uh, fans at dot com? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Fans at stdpodcast.com or fans at techpedition.com if you'd like to play some PC games with us. We'd love to have you.
0: Cool. Cool. Oh, yeah. And last but not least, John, man, Jonathan Shorts, anything you working on or want to plug?
3: No, nothing. Nothing as of this week. Cool. Cool. Well, I'll take the opportunity to plug uh,
0: an Amazon show that I've been watching. Let's be clear. It's no Black Mirror, but it's Actually, it has some good episodes, and that show is Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, which is an Amazon original. I uh, kind of take Philip K. Dick's short stories and uh, making episodes out of it, anthology style like Black Mirror. Again, to my experience, not as good as Black Mirror, but they have some very interesting episodes in there. Uh, so, you know, if you have Amazon Video, you should definitely check it out. And I don't have anything else. Again, if you want to send us feedback, send it to fans at stdpodcast.com. Please subscribe to the feed. And um, yeah. And thank you for joining us, guys. The next episode of Star Trek Discovery is Vaulting Ambition, episode 12. So that I have no idea what that title's, title means. But uh, judging from this last episode, the next episode should be very interesting. Uh, yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, until next time.
3: Live long and prosper.
0: Thank you for listening to the STD Podcast. For more information, go to stdpodcast.com slash subscribe.